the game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. Welcome inside the official Jets podcast. Ethan Greenberg here alongside Eric Allen. EA, we got a great show. We're bringing in a Hall of Fame running back, huh? Yeah, we certainly are. LaDainian Tomlinson. I had the pleasure of covering LaDainian back in 2010 and 2011 when he was a member of the Green and White. And he was a key figure on that 2010 team, the last Jets team who made the playoffs as they advanced to the AFC Championship game. An emotional game for LaDainian was that divisional playoff round contest against the New England Patriots. They say it can't be done. They say we have no chance. Hey, let me tell you something. Any man can be beat on any day. What a fantastic career uh, and what a powerful speech he gave as he got inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame last summer, Greens. I watched all 26 minutes, as did you, I'm pretty sure. And it is very inspiring. And just something that you touched on, LT after the game in 2010 against the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Well, I remember before the game, him walking out there to midfield for the coin toss, holding a Dennis Burr jersey as an honorary captain. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Dennis deliver a speech the night before to the team? Yeah, he certainly did. Um, you know, and unfortunately, we've lost Dennis. Uh, he was killed in an automobile accident, but that was certainly an emotional moment for the Jets. Uh, but looking forward here to talking to Ladanian. You're talking about a five-time Pro Bowler, a first-team All-Pro three times, the NFL's most valuable player in 2006, the Walter Payton Man of the Year in 2006, and also, when you think about LaDainian Tomlinson Greens, you think about a guy who got into the end zone. His 28 rushing touchdowns in 2006 were an NFL record, as were his 31 touchdowns from scrimmage in that same season. And he had 18 consecutive games with a touchdown. He was a dynamic football player, unbelievably explosive and he could catch it out of the backfield. He ran hard, and when he came to the National Football League out of TCU, he set the league on fire. With the uh, fifth pick in the first round of the 2001 draft, the San Diego Chargers select LaDainian Tomlinson, running back from TCU. LT was instant offense, and I thought the Jets got a lot out of him as he finished up his career here in New York. I remember LT, his staple halfback pass to Antonio Gates. That was uh, that was like my first memory of LT, and obviously he then took the NFL by storm. 13,684 yards, career rushing, fifth in the NFL all-time. Right, right behind, behind Curtis, Curtis Martin. Martin, that's right. All right, EA, I think, it's, uh, I think it's about that time. You're right, Greens. We've uh, talked enough about LaDainian. Let's talk to him. All right, Greens, let's bring in the aforementioned LaDainian Tomlinson. LaDainian, how are you this morning out in California? Uh, doing wonderful. Just, uh, of course, it's pretty early here. Uh, the first part of the day is just getting started. So uh, doing well. 
But you are joining us here on the Jets official podcast. And uh, first thing that I want to talk about, LaDainian, was the last time I saw you in person was last winter. And that was before you actually got officially inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. Uh, what was the Hall of Fame induction weekend like as you officially took your place among the mortals of our game? Well, it was experience like no other, of course. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you kind of envision one day happening, but you, you really don't know what it's going to feel like once you, you know, get to Canton, Ohio and, and see, you know, the Hall of Fame for what it really is, a, a place to celebrate excellence um, and the greatest football players in the world. And so just going through that whole um you know, four or five days that I was there. I mean, I, I tried to take it in as much as I could, but it was just so overwhelming. It, it really was because we're talking about all the, the history of, of pro football and, and the greatest players to ever play and then finding myself, you know, um, amongst them. Um, and then one of the coolest things was one of the first meetings we had having Jim Brown come over to me and sit right next to me. And what he said, he said, you know, once you get here, we're all equal. And I was thinking to myself, unbelievable. This is Jim Brown sitting next to me. And he just told me that we're all equal at, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And my first thought was, well, uh, I appreciate that, Mr. Brown, but we're not all equal. You're Jim <laughs> Brown. You're the greatest football player of all time. Ladanian, <laughs> 26-minute Hall of Fame speech, and in it you trace back your family's roots, going back to your great-great-great-grandfather, George Tomlinson, who came to this country on a slave ship some 170 years ago from West Africa. At what point did you decide, hey, I am going to share this with everybody, my official story? I probably really didn't come to uh, say I'm absolutely doing it until about maybe a month, a month before the Hall of Fame. So after my football life, you know, I, I had a lot of people around this country coming up to me, you know, saying how much they enjoy my football life, and, and it meant so much for them to see that story, and, and you know, it, it helped them, and, and all the great responses from that football life. So, you know, I started to think, man, you know, I need to talk more about this, what it truly means to me, you know. And so I, I had thought about it for a long time, you know, I, and going back and forth saying, you know, I'm going to do it, I'm, I'm going to talk about it, and then saying, no, I don't think I should talk about it. But I woke up one morning and I just had an overwhelming feeling that I had to, like I had to talk about it and say and tell people what it actually meant to me because I felt like, this was something that would help so many people, and so many people in this country have the same story I do and have struggled with that story. And so it came out, and and I was really proud of the way, um, you know, it, it came out and also the response that I got from it. Well, listen, I encourage everybody in Jets Nation who is listening, everybody who subscribes to the podcast and go back and listen to your speech because that was inspirational. And in this moment, 
with this country struggling with a lot of issues, I thought that was courageous of you to challenge everybody to try to make this the best team by working together and living together, representing the highest ideals of mankind. Those are your words. I, I thought yeah. I thought that was a fantastic speech, and it, you know, uh, it, it was a time. And I still think people sh it should resonate with people more than ever now, Ladanian. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think you know we need to understand in, in today's generation. You know, this is a very important time in our country, um, and, and we need to come together as a country and be strong. You know, we got to look around and see what's happening in, in the world and other nations and, and you know, um, the different conflicts that, that our country is having with other countries. Um, and, and so that's why it's more important now to, to have, you know, this Team America so that we do represent the greatest ideals of mankind. That's the most important thing for all of our children. I know you touched on it a little bit. You said that you've had this overwhelming feeling that you had to tell your story and just to second what ea said I, I watched the entirety of your speech and i was captivated from the minute it started to the minute it, it ended but when you woke up you know can you try to describe the emotions of what it was that you felt like you need to tell the story as opposed to just maybe i should maybe i shouldn't and then all of a sudden i know you talked about it but what was the emotion like well i, I tell you what i'm you know I, i'm a spiritual person um you know, I, I was raised, you know, as a, you know, to be a spiritual person. I believe in God. You know, I'm a Christian man, and, and so, um, you know, I I lost my father uh, when I was, you know, after my sixth year in the NFL, you know, that off season, right after the season, lost my father. He was 71 years old at the time, but uh, you know, I never met my grandfather. You know, my dad's dad never met him. You know, my dad never met his grandfather. And so, but I heard stories about my grandfather and my great-grandfather. And so, when I woke up that morning, the spirit that I had was from them saying, you know, speak speak for us. You know, this is what we want. I, I can't describe the feeling that you have inside when it's overwhelming and something is, is, is weighing down on you to do something you know, to speak for them, uh, to speak for my father, that's that's the feeling I had. That's when I knew I had to do it. Um, and, and that's kind of what I went through. I mean, that was the overwhelming. I'll tell you this, after I got done with the speech, for one, I don't know how I held it together during that speech without <laughs> shedding the tears. I agree. Yeah, yeah, but I, I'll tell you this, Eric. When I walked off that stage and I got behind the stage, I cried for 15 minutes. I cried for 15 minutes. I could not. I could not contain myself. You know, Lorenzo Neal was there to, you know, to, to help, you know, and, and and hug me and and Antonio Gates, those guys. But I just, it was like the spirit of my dad and my grandfather and my great grandfather and my great great. They were all there with me at that time. Well, listen, uh, it, it it was an awesome celebration of your career. And the great thing now, buddy, is. Anybody's going to Canton, Ohio, they go in there for generations to come. They'll be able to see you in those football highlights, but also the words that you put out there and talked about your family and the unity.
that we need in this country. And I thought that was really powerful. And speaking of powerful, you were a passionate player, tremendous career with the Chargers. I don't want to talk too much about the Chargers, but your couple-year run here with the Jets, he did some really good things. How much did you enjoy playing in New York during that time? Uh, I, I enjoyed it tremendously. I tell people all the time, you know, I don't think I, I, I could have went to a better place my last two years, um, you know, to go to a, a totally different coast, a totally different, you know, kind of brand of football, uh, that, if you will, on the East Coast and what, what those fans, you know, what, what they mean to, to the Jets, not only the Jets, but the East Coast period, the way the fans are on the East Coast. They're very passionate. They're loud, you know, and they're into it. They love it. Um, they really represent, you know, the passion of America. What we talk about football is America's passion. Well, I see that on the East Coast, you know, from those fans. So that was, you know, that was incredible, and they accepted me. And, and even now I go back, and it's the same. You know, I fans around, you know, town, when I was there, when I was there, on, um, I got there last Wednesday before the game. I, I, I obviously did the game on Thursday. Yep. But I rode the subway on Wednesday evening, and, and you know, people started asking me for photos and, 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 you know, signing autographs, and they were just like, man, we enjoyed your time with the Jets. You know, thank you for coming. And I'm like, no, thank you for accepting me. And, and really, your cheers inspired me, and that's, that's the way I felt when I first came. I felt the love. But also, I enjoyed the brand of football that we played with the Jets. I mean, we really had a good team. We, we, you know, we got along. We challenged each other, and it was just a great situation. And I'll tell you what, that says something about you. You didn't have anybody, you didn't have a driver come pick you up or even Uber. You're riding uh, the subway. Yeah, I love that you took the train. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you're moving around the city sometimes, it's hard to just have a driver. You might as well just. Um, you know, do what the people are doing. You ride the subway. <laughs> and everybody must have had their phones out. You, you probably did a couple thousand uh, photos during a three-stop move <laughs> on, on our city's transportation. We talked about it many times, but uh, I got to bring it up because Jets fans will be delighted to uh, reminisce about this. The divisional playoff win against New England after you guys have went to Indianapolis and beat Peyton Manning in his house the following week, you go to New England, beat Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and company, and I'll never forget you walking in the tunnel with the tears in your eyes. Just how much did that mean to you? Oh, it, it, it meant a lot um, to, you know, I felt like my career at that point had, had come full circle. Um, you know, one of the biggest games of my life with the Chargers, the championship game, not being able to play, you know, from a from a sprained MCL, um, and and just feeling helpless at that moment, you know, um, that I couldn't play, to now here at the end of my career have another opportunity to to help my team move on in one of the biggest games of my career to be able to do that, uh, you know, it, it just felt like I. I um, you know, I, I just, it, it, I don't even, I can't even ex explain the feeling, you know, the emotions that you go through. Because here's the thing, as a, as a player, and we, we really do, um, you know, hurt with the losses. You know, we, we really do 
when, when we win, it's great, but you're always thinking about the next one. And so football is not just physically challenging, it's mentally challenging because you've got to be able to overcome losses, tough losses, and pick yourself up and think about next week when, in fact, you're still kind of thinking about last week. And so to be able to get through that moment where I felt so low not being able to help my team to then being, you know, at one of the highest moments of my life when we beat the Patriots uh, when I was with the Jets. I mean, that's what, to me, football is all about. And and quite honestly, that's what life is all about, right? Because you're going to feel down sometimes. You're going to feel, you know, like things are not going right, but you got to pick yourself up and find that, that next challenge to be able to overcome it. Yeah, you, listen, you rushed for 914 yards that first season with the Jets in 2010, and I remember it. The stats might not point it out, but you could have went 4,000, but instead you and Rex decided, hey, listen, it's going to be better off to get you ready for the playoffs, and that was the right move. Do you ever think about that AFC Championship game in Pittsburgh? Because speaking of full circle, Ladanian. You were gonna. You were destined to go back to Texas and play in a Super Bowl for the first time. I know. You know. Yeah, it, it did seem like that, and you know, it. it um, you know, it, it's funny because when you're going through, you you really believe that it's supposed to happen. You know, and it, I guess it's it's really kind of crushing when it doesn't happen because you you know you question like, man, this was supposed to happen. Like, what the heck? But. I'll tell you, it, it was um, it was a great game that you know against Pittsburgh there, and I just think about the start we had. You know, the start really kind of hurt us. We we didn't get out to a good start, and Pittsburgh jumped out on us. But then we came roaring back. We we did, and and we fought, and just just came up a little short. I'd say we ran out of time. You know, that's why we didn't get it done. You're right about that. Listen, uh, you're an NFL analyst for the last couple of years, and we watch you out there in Southern California. But how about this Jets team that was left for dead before the start of the season and what Todd Bowles has uh, got working for them right now? Because they've already, we'll see what the record is at the end of the year, they've already exceeded a lot of expectations externally, but internally, Ladanian, they're saying, we haven't done anything yet. And Todd Bowles said, we have another gear in us. Yeah, and, and I think um, th- this is just kind of the, the coaching uh, of Todd Bowles and, and how good he really is as a coach. You know, and, and, you know, you look at Todd's demeanor, it's always the same. You know, it's always about business. It's always about the next challenge, the next step, not getting too high, not getting too low. And if you look at all the great coaches in the past and even in, in, in today's game, most of them, they have that quality. You know, they're, they're a leader of men, but they never allow themselves to get too high or too low. And so in essence, you know, the locker room, your players, they are a reflection of the coach. And so that's what I see in this team, a team that's going to keep battling. You know, they're, they're not going to worry about what they don't have and, and other things that are going on. They just focus on the task, and that's why they're winning. You know, that's why they're – surprising some people and winning games that most people probably don't think they should win is because of the coaching, but also give credit to those players who, who really believe in, in what they have right now, what they what they are building. So you were here last week for Jets Bills Thursday Night Football, and you digest the game very differently than the average fan that I do. 
And so from your perspective, what are some of the things that you like about this Jets team? Well, I think the strength of the team is the defensive line. Um, you have guys, Mo Wilkinson is, is obviously, you know, the premier player in the National Football League at the defensive position. You know, uh, they move them all around the line, and then you got Leonard Williams there. Those two guys together, I, I mean, that, it's difficult for any offensive line to deal with them. But then you, you couple that with um, their ability to be around the football and, and cause turnovers and, and, and just keep grinding. Um, that's what I like about them. They're always going to be in the game because of that defense. But at the same time, Josh McCown has played some terrific football. Yeah, yeah, now you're starting to get the run game going. And to me, the offense is so much better when they can have the run game going and they have that balance. Um, they really can be difficult to stop. Those receivers, boy, have really done a great job. Anderson and Curtis, those guys have been impressive. Uh, and so it just it's a team that's going to continue to battle. They're going to surprise a lot of people. How special a relationship do you have with Bilal Powell? You just mentioned the running game, and I'm not comparing anybody to you. I would never do that. But I'm just going to talk about explosion and vision and the way he presses the hole and has an opportunity or has the – patience and then the vision to bounce things and to cut. Um, you knew Bilal early on in his career and he still to this day looks up to you. How special is your relationship with him and how happy are you with the way he's developed over the years? Yeah, well our relationship it started his rookie year uh, when he came in. We, we built the relationship then. You know, because Bilal was a, a, a kid that you know, wanted to learn. He, you know, he wanted to know everything that he that he had to know um, about playing in the National Football League and how to sustain playing in the National Football League. And so, um, you know, I, I gave him a, as much advice as I could. I told him everything that, that he wanted to know. Um, and, and so, but the thing that he had was the work ethic. You know, you can see him as a young, he, he would work on it. He would stay up to practice. He watched film. He would take notes, you know. And so digesting all of all of that, you know, even seeing how I practice and, and, and some of the other guys on the team and the way I guess I went about my business, I'm sure it was, a, it was a great learning experience for him. And now you see it all starting to come, you know, come to a head and come to fruition of his talent, what, what he can do. Because, for one, he's, he's an excellent football player, but he's smart. And so that's why he's able to, to do so many things on the football field. He's able to handle blitz pickups. He's able to run routes out the backfield. He's able to run the ball inside out. Um, you know, he has a physical ability, but he's a smart player. And so I'm just so proud of him. Uh, I've seen him progress over the years and just been so proud that um, he's done the job that he has done. Um, and, you know, quite honestly, you know, he just keeps on. To me, he keeps getting better. That run the other night was incredible. When he broke, broke tackles and made people miss and almost got to the end zone, and it, it, was just, it was just so nice to see him. You know, yeah, and I think he's an underrated downhill runner because he doesn't fool around much. He'll press that hole, and if it's not there, then he'll bounce. But he gets downhill in a hurry. What do you think about the committee 
John Morton's got going and the way he's implementing all those backs because we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Matt Forte and Eli McGuire is a rookie in here. So John Morton has uh, different backs to use at his uh, becking call. Yeah, Matt Forte is a consummate pro. I mean, you, you, you love to have a guy like, like him in your locker room, you know, who understands um, what it takes to prepare for a game and, and, and being available as a, you know, as a running back. Um, and then, you know, you, you got you to gotta have, you know, unselfish guys in the backfield that are willing to say, yeah, I understand that, you know, I can't get every carry and I can't be in there every play. Um, so I'm okay with sharing time. That's important uh, because it helps the locker room, but it also, you know, it, it helps that, that backfield. It helps that, that running back room um, that everybody feels like, you know what, well, I can contribute. It's not just about one one guy. What, why have people uh, slept on McCown? You know, I think a lot of Jets fans, to be honest with you, they didn't know what this guy was going to be. We see him, he's 15 years in the NFL, he's played for 10 teams, but he's come in here – and he's played at such a high level. Yeah, I think it's just that. It's just that, you know, McCown has been, uh, for the most part, you know, he's been a journeyman, but he hasn't, you know, been a guy that, um, you know, that has been in one place for a long time as a starter. And so, you know, a lot of people really didn't get a chance to, to watch McCown and really don't know the, the type of player he is because he has moved around uh, quite a bit. But anybody who knows football knows that he's a really solid quarterback and can make all the throws. Um, you know, he, he's, he's a leader, and he really will give you a chance every single game to win. Does having a guy like that for such a young team, especially on offense, I mean, you mentioned Robbie Anderson, just using, his as an ex- using him as an example. Does having someone like Josh almost – jumpstart the development for someone like Robbie? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it helps for a young receiver to have a veteran quarterback that, that understands the game and, and can tell the young receiver how to, you know, the little nuances of, of running routes and how to get open and where they expect the ball and where, you know, the zone covers, where to sit. You know, certain things like that, it, it benefits, you know, a young receiver to have a veteran quarterback. And I think that's exactly, uh, I believe, why you're seeing Robbie Anderson ha- have the success that he's having is because having a guy like Josh that can share those little nuances of, of quarterback to wide receiver relationships, that helps a young guy. Do you like the culture that's being built here? You uh, praised Todd Bowles before about his coaching this year, and obviously you've liked a lot of things this team has done here. Do you think it's been imperative for them as they move forward what you're seeing as far as the chemistry and building a positive environment? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, you have to take an account of, of the job that the coach is doing with the talent that he has. I mean, you, you know, you, you think about it, we'll wait, till, we'll wait till the end of the year, but we'll see how many guys on that team or all pros or make the Pro Bowl. And to me, that's the way you can always gauge, you know, if, if you know, a coach is doing a good job, meaning if he doesn't have all these great players, Pro Bowl guys and all pro guys, and he's still able to win, then that should tell you something. Because, you know, I, I know some teams that, 
You know, we see it every year. <laughs> we see it every year. They have 10, 11 pro, bowl, pro bowlers. You know, guys six, seven on one team. Well, it's easy to win with those guys. It's easy to win when, when, when you have um, tremendous players and, and, you know, guys that are just better, you know, sometimes. And so, you know, I think Todd has done a terrific job, but just just the culture that he's he's building there, the chem, like you said, the chemistry that he has now with that team, and they're only going to get better. You know, they're going to add pieces to this team, and, and, you know, I think what you're saying now, they're just scratching the surface of, of what they can be two, three years from now. That's the great uh, Ladanian Tomlinson who uh, – got everything out of himself during his professional career and now rightfully so he is forever in Canton, Ohio with the NFL's all-time great. So LaDainian, we're watching you on NFL Network. We're following you on Twitter and uh, we look forward to seeing you again real soon. Hey, thanks guys. Always a pleasure. That was LaDainian Tomlinson, a man that holds a number of NFL records, as EA said before, a great guy, not only on the field, but off the field as well. My favorite part about talking to LaDainian was the fact that when he can't, when he comes back here, he rides a subway. I think that's awesome. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Well, you live in the city. You got to appreciate. I, I grew up in the city. But you have to appreciate a guy I do. who takes public transportation. It's, I'd love to get a camera on him when he is on yeah. the NYC subway. Well, well, if you're if you know your way around around the city or you know anything about the city, the quickest method of transportation is by far the train because you don't have to wait for anybody, you don't have to wait for traffic. It's it's A to B. It's quick. It's easy. It's the same as the bus. You're underground. It's phenomenal. It's the best method don't of transportation. T- don't, don't talk about the bus. We're talking about Ladanian Tomlinson. No Jerome Bettis yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so that was good. That was pretty good. Listen, let me tell you something. Uh, it's always great catching up with Ladanian. Uh, uh, like he mentioned, uh, you know, his experience in Canton was extremely, extremely memorable. And uh, his speech was so profound. And I think people should go back and take a listen to that. But also YouTube some of his highlights. Oh, my God. It, you'd get lost. Uh, you would get lost watching him. I, I, I think that sometimes we live in the moment so much on our phones and looking at what happened last second or right at this moment and everything becomes old. LaDainian Tomlinson was an amazing football player, an unbelievable talent. A guy could take it to the house at any moment, and he played so hard, and he helped the Chargers turn some things around, and he was, like I mentioned before, a key part of this team in 2010. And just jumping off your highlight point is I have been someone that sat down at my computer, YouTube his highlights, just because I wanted to see them one more time. And I mean, oh my God, it's like every, every play is better than the next one. And if anyone that's listening is a Madden player and you have the opportunity to go back and play as one of the NFL legends in Madden, you got to put LT on your team. The other thing I want people to keep in mind is say, hey, what is LaDainian Tomlinson going into the Hall of Fame as. Well, it's not like baseball where you got to pick a hat. Your bus does not have a helmet on. So LaDainian Tomlinson obviously goes in as both a Charger and a New York Jet. Obviously, his greatest days with the Chargers. But again, a, a phenomenal run here with the Jets. And that's all we have for this week's installment of 
the official Jets podcast. Again, we had LaDainian Tomlinson. We're going to be bringing in some more people, whether they're former players, some celebrities. Rumor has it we might be getting the Karate Kid on the official Jets podcast. So make sure to take a look for that. And that's all we have for this week. So for Eric Allen, I'm Ethan Greenberg. We'll be right back.